Peace, peace. You know what it is. Shamir S-K-Y-Z-O-O Skazoo, live out the borough. And this is the NBA Exchange with my man Dexter Henry. You know how you doing it, man. Log on, tap in. Let's get into it. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the NBA Exchange. I'm your host, Dexter Henry. You're having a particularly good Friday if you are a fan of either the Sixers, the Mavericks. You're feeling great today because your team moved on to the second round. Now, we're going to talk some Mavericks basketball today. You know when I talk Mavericks basketball who my guest is going to be. She's as plugged in as anybody to the Mavericks. Fantastic contributor to Mavs Moneyball. Also, co-host of the Gunshot Podcast. It's my girl, Lauren Gunn. Lauren, what's up? How are you doing today? Oh, you! I mean, you know I'm doing well. You know I'm doing well. Uh, I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be chatting with you. There's plenty to talk about, so uh, I won't waste any time. Definitely. If you are watching this and not listening, you can see that Lauren is doing well. She's got the Mavericks blue on uh, mm. there as well, too. She's, she's in a good mood today. After the Mavericks got a big win last night in game six, didn't have to deal with a game seven, closed the series out. Uh, it was good. But I think the interesting thing, Lauren, for people who don't know mm-hmm. with this, this is the Mavs' first playoff series mm-hmm. win since 2011, mm-hmm. right? Yep. I don't know what you were doing in 2011. I kind of <laughs> remember what I was doing at this time in 2011. How, I mean, Mavs fans have to be pumped, and you're plugged in as anybody. Mm-hmm. How big is this? for this franchise to get this this win victory over Utah and what does this mean for them going forward yeah I mean it's it's definitely been a long time coming it's been a decade but um yeah I mean for this team when I guess like kind of turning back the clock when you look at the finale I guess leading up to the end of the Dirk era it was okay we want to be a competitive team we want to build like a, a solid roster around him to see what he can do but it was very clear that 2011 was like a magical run and that they probably weren't going to be able to do that again, especially with the year after they, the entire team disbanded and or was disbanded. And so uh, when they got Luca, it was like, Oh my God, who is this guy? Like he's very quickly becoming one of why he could be one of the best players in the league. Um, and when they finally made it to the playoffs two years in a row, they got stuck with the Clippers. And so when you've got two of the best two way players in in the league to go up against and you don't necessarily have a clear number two, uh, it can be very difficult. And so the Mavs in these last two playoffs, excuse me, just were not really equipped to take down the Clippers. And the Clippers were picked by a lot of people to get out of the West. And so they definitely were the underdogs in both of those series. And, And last year, I think a lot of people would say that they should have been able to get it done. I'm one of those people, but, um, they did it, and Kawhi went crazy, And but you just got to move on. And so for them to get it done, have a different matchup this year, have a completely different team, completely different coach, different system, uh, It's it was kind of surreal to see them really just put it all together and get it done. I'm glad you mentioned last year, right? Because mm-hmm. when I was thinking about the game last night and just heading into game six, I was like, look, Mavs fans, uh, those around the team, the team itself, you wondered how much of that might creep in, Lauren. That, you know, would they be able to close this out up 3-2, game six, on the road in Utah? Does Mm -hmm. that make it even better for this organization in terms of building and moving forward that they were able to close this out 
with the demons from last year hanging over over them? Or did that not matter at all? New team, new year, just get it done. No, I think the road victory def- definitely was like a big morale booster. I mean, even the last game they played in Dallas, when it was like we just from kind of the get-go just hit the ground running Luca's first home game of this playoff of this year's playoffs. And they just absolutely ran Utah into the ground. That was a big win because it was like, man, you kind of just demoralized them. And we were a lot of Dallas people were wondering, Hey, how's that going to translate to the game in Utah is Utah. Can they see the writing on the wall? Are they going to, I mean, these are professional athletes, so they're not just going to lie down and, and lose, but like, how is that going to affect them going back? But Utah's a very difficult, uh, place to play and so for for Dallas to go in there to get down to I think as much as 12 um and come back from that I mean it was it was a big deal and so I I believe they said on the on the Dallas broadcast that the Mavs have come back from 17 double-digit victories or from 17 double-digit deficits um and and come back have come back to win the game and one of those was in game two uh, against Utah and so one thing that's been incredible about this team is that they just they're so, I mean, they're so different, not just personnel wise, but they're so different from previous years because they, they have this confidence and this hunger and you know that they're ready to get out of the first round. Um, and they just, they have this ability to stay the course and not get frazzled where in the past they have just, it seems like some of the the offense will lose its flow. There will just bad decision after bad decision. And so to see them in an, in an environment where you're, you're the away team, you're trying to prevent a game seven. You're down 12 and the crowd is is going nuts and have, have these shirts on that say like block out the noise or whatever it said. <laughs> and to stay the course and come back from that was it was awesome. It was awesome to watch as a fan. Uh, and yeah, it was it was really good to see for the team. Yeah, that had to feel good from the fans. I think a lot of it was the being down, looking like they could get knocked out in the second quarter, fighting back, making that run in the third. Um, and, you know, all behind Lucas heroics. And I want to talk about Luca because. When you and I spoke, the first time we talked this season, what were we talking about? Oh, is Luca going to be okay? Is the weight an issue? Lauren, you said to me, it's going to be fine. He's going to get in shape. He'll be okay. He was, right? Now, this series, he's injured to start the series. And that could have spelled doom and gloom for the <laughs> yeah. Mavs. But we'll get into we'll, and we'll talk about this, how the role players were able to step up. But then Luca comes back, right? He's healthy. And he clearly puts his imprint on this series and absolutely looks like the best player in the series, which mm-hmm. I think I thought he was going in. Mm-hmm. How much is this important for him also having this impact in the series and getting a win? Because we've seen him put the big numbers up before. We've right. seen that in the series, but doing this where it translates to winning, how big is that for Luka Doncic? Yeah, it's a big deal because when people talk about Luka from an outside perspective, they're talking about him as this heliocentric offense or the center of this heliocentric offense this similar to James Harden oh but also similar to LeBron James because look at what he's working with look at what he's done the numbers that he's putting up his play style and so there's all this talk about like comparisons uh and there's been this kind of like oh he's a guy that's fantastic but he can't get out of the first round and so with him continuing to get more and more playoff experience and do things in a different way by including other guys and having other guys step step up I want to say they had four guys last night that were in that scored over 20 points. And so this team, and I think we've talked about this the last time they don't have that clear number two second star. I mean, I think this series it's, it's very clearly Jalen Brunson, but going into the series, it was like, they don't have a Chris Middleton. They don't have a a Zach Levine or a DeMar DeRozan or like, they don't have that clear number two guy. And so 
for Luca, it's, hey, how, and the Mavs, not just for Luca, but how are we going to make sure that everybody is doing their job to where we can get a job, the job done versus any team, any play style, whatever the case may be. And so for Luca, I don't think Luca really cares about the noise, his weight, him being able to get out of the first round. Like this dude is just solely focused on one series at a time and getting as far as they can, because they believe that with the three guard lineup with Dorian Finney-Smith playing the way he is this year with Reggie Bullock having such impactful minutes and, um, and just how good their defense has been. Maxi kind of finding his stroke again. They really do believe that they can go up against anybody. And so the Suns, you know, very difficult team. But I think the the mentality internally is that they can take on anyone. That's a good mentality to have when you're in the playoffs and you can see that building there for the maps. Okay, we also got to talk about Jalen Brunson. You and I were talking about this before we started going live. And look, mm-hmm. man, Jalen Brunson, and I have to say, last <laughs> year in the playoffs – Last just last year, folks, Jalen yeah. Brunson couldn't get in the game. Yeah. Rick Carlisle wouldn't put him in the game. He was, you know, thinking maybe he had some issues against the length of the Clippers, couldn't get in. This guy's mm-hmm. had a fantastic season. He's absolutely going to get paid. Oh, he yeah. had a fantastic series against the Jazz. And you really have to look at it like this, Lauren. He held it down when Luka was out. He's been fantastic. Are you surprised by this? Or should you not be because you've seen all this through the this, this season already? How impressed have you been with what Jalen Brunson has done here? Yeah, I think the I, I guess I should start by saying I'm I'm not surprised that well, I'm not surprised that he's been able to step up, especially with Luca being out, because he's done that ever since day one. And and part of the reason Dallas drafted him out of Villanova was because of his resume and his his ability to be a guy that's ready to go, a guy that's just a flat out winner. Like looking at his time at Villanova, he just He's always prepared. He always makes the right decisions. He has from day one. And so Dallas has had has always had confidence having Jalen start in Luca's place when he before he became an established starter this season. And every single time his numbers have have gone up uh, with the increase in minutes when on the games that he he would start in Luca's place in past seasons. And then this season he plays off Luca and he's he's playing very well as a starter. His shooting numbers are solid. Um, but yeah, there were definitely questions among, you know, Mavs people and just, I guess everyone, what's going to happen in the playoffs. Cause like you just said, we've seen what's happened in the past with Jalen Brunson. And so can he step up? Can he show that, Hey, I'm, I'm even better in the playoffs. You don't have to worry about me in the playoffs. And he absolutely did that. And, and I think the most surprising thing for me to see was his confidence and how it just like blew up I mean this dude is like walking around practice he's like shrugging his shoulders and he's like he's just so he's so locked in he is so locked in his dad is at like every single game him and Luca are just they're just they're on the same page and so it's just been fantastic to see him communicate with coach kid and to communicate with coach Sweeney and just everybody say hey this is what we need to do this is what we need and for Jalen Brunson to be like hey Spencer Dinwiddie like You've got your experience, but you're a little new to the program. I have been here. I know exactly who these guys are, what we need to do. I know what I need to do with you, Dinwiddie, and we will we will get this done until Luca can get back. And and they did. He's looked fan. He's looked fantastic. He's been, I mean, I he's mean, looked he's, he's looked awesome. so long. He's looked so good. I feel like Maverick fans don't even miss Chris Sapp's for singers. They don't even miss him right now. They're like, say look at your face. You're like, you're like, no, they don't. They don't. They don't miss <laughs> I, him at all. No, it's it's hard because I love I love KP. He's a great dude, but since he's been gone, this team there's just been a different 
it's yeah. the different feel. They function differently. There's a lot. It just feels like every single person is on the same page. Everybody is doing their job. Everybody's happy to be in the role that they're in and just contribute to a run that takes them how far they can go, I guess. Now, do you, do you think, it, keeping it on Brunson for a second, yes. Do you? because th- it was interesting when we talked before, we thought there might be some thought that he could get moved by the deadline, the Mavs mm-hmm. might not be able to keep him. I kind of look at this now like it's kind of crazy if the Mavs don't retain him. Right. Um, do you think he'll come back with the Mavericks uh, after this season? Absolutely. I, I would be I would be floored if he was in a different jersey next season. Um, and I know it's it's a big conversation and it was a big miss and mess up uh, by by the Mavs, allowing him to his contract to be structured in a way that he would then be an unrestricted free agent by the time his his contract expired. And so um, that is obviously very unfortunate. But Jalen Brunson has said, hey, I'm looking to get paid I'm not taking any discounts but he has made it clear that his preference is to get paid and stay in Dallas and so I have said I think New York's going to try to get creative and find a way to get him there's those obvious ties um uh I think uh New Orleans could try to even get in there um who was the other one Detroit oh Detroit it, to me it's between Detroit and New York and so you're going to have a couple of others but for me it's mostly New York and Detroit and so um those two teams, I think, are going to come at him with some some big offers because I think New York's going to find a way to move some money around. Uh, but Dallas, I don't think they're going to necessarily have as high of an offer as those teams because those two teams are just in different places than the Mavericks are. Right. Uh, but Dallas is going to offer him what he deserves. They did honestly get a very team-friendly deal out of the Dorian Finney-Smith extension, which was uh, four years, $52 million. And so you've you got to move other people down the line. You got to do whatever you have to do. If you really want to avoid the luxury tax, you absolutely cannot let Jalen Brunson go, not just because of what he's doing as a player, but what he brings to the locker room. He's just a leader. He's got a fantastic relationship with coach kid. He talks about that a lot, talks about how he just any free time he's looking to soak up more knowledge and just experience from coach kid. He wears number 13 because his favorite player is Steve Nash. Um, and he's just really close with Luca. Same draft class. So yeah, yeah, I don't think that they can afford to let him go for just countless reasons. I I, I would yeah be shocked. Um, a lot of talk about him in New York, mm-hmm. uh, coming coming here and the Knicks trying to execute a sign sign and trade. But that that'll be for the offseason. We'll talk about that. Okay. All right. He's not that. If you want to consider Brunson's played like a number two, he played like one in this series. If yep. you don't want to consider him a role player, but I think one of the things Lauren in this series was the Mavs' other role players. Really, really stepping up. You saw Dwight Powell have some good games. Oh, yeah. You saw Maxi Cleaver starting to get his uh, stroke back, which caused problems for the Jazz as well. Dorian Finney-Smith doing what he does. Spencer mm-hmm. Dinwiddie struggled a bit early on, but played a bit better later in the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, the confidence of these Mavs role players, you talked about everybody knowing what they need to do within this team and this roster. I mm-hmm. think when you get a series win, that can increase even more, right, Lauren? Do you see right. that happening for these guys as they go – deeper into the playoffs as we talk, get to talk about this next matchup with Phoenix. Yeah, definitely. And, and it kind of goes back to what I what I was starting to say at the beginning is that this team is – they're in a completely different mindset than they've been in in the past where every series going into those Clippers series, they were the underdog. They were not expected to win those series. And so everything that they did was like, oh, great job, pat on the back. But now it's like they're looking at themselves and uh, there's a lot of pressure on this team just having Luka to go far and like get – to, win, to upset people, well, more specifically Phoenix. But 
Um, as they go on in the playoffs, obviously you've got this next matchup and Phoenix, they've got Chris Paul. They have the coach of the year. Devin Booker was available last night. Like they are looking to Phoenix is looking to get to the end with a different result. And so Dallas has probably as tall of an order as they will get. And so, um, but the confidence is there. And so with the role players in this last series, uh, and I guess I will start with Maxi Kleba in the regular season leading up to the playoffs, he was not shooting the ball. Well, it was just very clear watching him on a night to night basis that there was maybe something mentally going on with the comp. He just wasn't looking to shoot. And because when you play with Luca, he's going to get so many open looks. That's just what Maxi gets. And so you got to be, you got to be ready to shoot. Even if you're going to miss them, you always have to look to shoot. And so he just wasn't doing that. And so this series, he got back on track. He was knocking them down. Dorian Finney-Smith, Dwight Powell, Luca, all of them, when he would knock them down, it's kind of started getting going in the beginning of the series. I mean, everybody was just going crazy on the bench. And from, I guess, the sixth man to the 12th man, 15th man, whoever's down on the end of the bench, everybody is standing up the entire game. And so this team, there's the confidence, there's the camaraderie, there's the chemistry. I mean, they are ready to go. And the more games that go on, the more experience that they get, there are definitely going to be those moments where, like like last night, there was a moment where uh, Dallas was trying to put a run together and Maxie had a, a bad turnover where he tried to like hurry the outlet pass and it got stolen. And it was just like, and then I think I think Utah messed it up, and then we immediately called a timeout, and it was like, okay, you've got to stay the course. You've got to remain calm. And against a team like Phoenix, you're really going to have to minimize those errors because they are going to be ready to make the most of it. That's what they're built for, and they show that they can do it. And so I think just getting more experience um, and playing against a different style of team, like we'll see what they can put together. But Phoenix and their defense, it's going to be very difficult for the Mavs. It's going to be a challenge. We'll get to that in one second. I also feel like when you're talking about the Mavericks this year, you got to – I don't feel like it's getting enough love nationally, at least maybe it's just my perception. But it's time to start putting some more respect on Coach Kidd's name, okay? A lot of people thought uh, this guy wasn't going to be able to coach anymore, wouldn't get another shot. Mm -hmm. He's turned Dallas into a fantastic defensive team, uh, something we hadn't seen from this team in years. Um, Here they are in the second round of the playoffs going up against the defending Western Conference champions. How good of a job has Kid done, you know, getting the team to this point where they are now? Yeah, it, I mean, I really don't even know that I can put it into words, the transition and, like, culture that this team has now because they just – going into this season, it was like, oh, God, are we going to have, you know, a, a grace period where we need to see that this team adapting to a new system or – where does Porzingis fit within this new system? Like, what is this going to look like? Is this season going to be a disaster? How much time do we have with Luca? Like, there were all these questions. And just from the beginning, in the beginning, it was a little, it was a little rocky. Things kind of got off to a rocky start. But then as time gone on or went on, and then you get to the deadline, you make the the Porzingis trade. The defense is there. Everybody, it becomes clear that everybody kind of knows their role. Josh Green, his role increased and he got into or he got to a point where he was in the rotation on a night to night basis and he was giving you quality minutes and you could just see his confidence alone building to where he's now shooting the three ball and he's knocking them down where in the past it was like, just get out there, play some defense, change the game, get the momentum back on our side. Whatever you do on offense is just a cherry on top. But now he's like, you know, he's, he's contributing on, on both ends, just staying moving. And, and like, that's just one example of how he's come in and he's given certain guys, 
uh, I don't want to say like a platform, but he's just empowered a lot of different guys. And I think Jalen Brunson is another example, just on a, to a greater degree in terms of kind of not, not giving him the keys. That's the wrong phrase, but just putting him in a position to be successful and just contribute more. And so uh, that has helped take things off of, of Luca's back, which has just made his life easier. And so this team has just found a way to function just more efficiently and more effectively. And so, and the, the craziest part you mentioned it is the defense and, and the fact that yeah. they for the most part, have the same core. Like you have this, the Reggie Bullock signing was a big signing. They needed that. Well, I don't want to say big signing, but they needed him for the perimeter defense and for the the starter quality shooting guy that he is. And so to get him was fantastic, but getting the Reggie Bullock signing wasn't something that you were like, okay, we are now a solid defense in the league. That wasn't something that just, you were like, oh, that's a done deal. And so to see essentially the same core become a really good defensive team and move off of Porzingis and bring in Spencer Dinwiddie. You move off of this seven foot rim protector guy and or what you wanted to be your rim protector guy. And then you bring in Spencer Dinwiddie, who's been known to just be the scorer his whole career, the six, six scoring guy. How does that affect your defense? But it just, they just managed to keep, stay the course, keep their defensive just, performance is high and, and and effective and so it's just it's been great so he deserves a lot of credit for sure i absolutely i absolutely think he does and for that reason that you said right which is the transition they made mm-hmm. these changes at the deadline and the defense still has looked as effective as it was before that so it's really it's been really impressive all right here comes the money ball mavs money ball questions here now lauren here we go sons mavs round two taking on the defending Western Conference champions. Nobody thought, I don't say nobody, maybe being a little bit much here. I was going to say nobody thought the Mavs would be here. I did. But (laughs) (laughs) I thought they were going to beat Utah. They are here. The money question is, can the Mavs beat the Suns in round two? Can they get the upset? It would be a big upset. Mm -hmm. Can it happen, Lauren? I absolutely think it can happen. I don't know that I'm necessarily putting my money on it happening, but it can happen because – Luca's the best player in the series. That's a fact. And Mikael Bridges is the best defensive player in the, in the series. And so he's going to make Luca's life very tough. But because of the gravity and the attention that Luca draws, if Dallas, if Dallas is, what, what you can bank on is Luca's going to get his and Dallas's defense is going to be solid. It's going to be, can the Jalen Brunson, can Spencer Dinwiddie, can Maxi and Reggie Bullock, are they knocking down their threes? Because if, if Dallas is shooting well in this series as a whole, those are the times when Dallas is like, we will play anybody, we will beat anybody. And and for anybody that is watching and, and doesn't really watch the Mavericks, whatever, they have had very impressive road victories this season. I mean, they, they took down Milwaukee kind of towards the end of the season when Milwaukee was full strength, like ready to go. Um, and we were on the second night of a back-to-back, and uh, I want to say they all – I'm I'm blanking on who else they beat at home, but I know that they have several difficult road victories. I think the Nets at one point. The Nets, Boston. uh, Boston, oh, the Boston Boston, one, yes. Those 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 are big ones. I wanted to say Miami, but I feel like I'm getting a game confused, so I'm not going to say that just in case. But they've shown that they can win on the road, and so if they're knocking down their shots, if Luka's getting his and the defense is there – they absolutely can upset them. But again, it's a tall order. It's mm-hmm. going to come down to how much can you contain Chris Paul in the fourth quarter? How much can you contain Devin Booker? But those are two guys that you know are going to get theirs the same way Luca's going to get his. And so it's going to be those kind of 
middle ground role player areas where are you knocking down the big shots or is the pressure getting to you and you can't get it done. Are there any other keys for you in this series outside of hitting the shots uh, from the outside with the role players doing it? Anything defensively? Any, can you stop Devin Booker? Can you stop Chris Paul, the master of the mid-range, the point guard? We saw what he did. We saw what he did. 14 for 14 last oh, yeah. night. NBA record uh, in the postseason. Um, what are some other keys you think in order for the Mavericks to pull out the win in this series? I think the keys are going to be uh, – it goes back to the defense. To me, it's always going to go back to the defense because Devin Booker is going to hit his shots. He, we've seen it way too many times where Dallas's defense has been solid, but Devin Booker just steps up and hits the big shot anyway. So for me, it's going to be, can you rotate? I need Dorian Finney-Smith to stay on Devin Booker, Reggie Bullock to stay on Chris Paul. Don't switch. I know they're probably going to switch anyway because they just do, but they need to stay on those guys. And then the rest of the defense just needs to rotate enough to cover the Cam Johnson, the Jay Crowder, the Mikhail Bridges, and, and limit the corner threes, uh, the open threes. And so um, if they can make the other guys step up and hit big shots and the Suns beat us that way, which they are perfectly capable of doing, those are all very solid players, um, then so be it. But if you're allowing Chris Paul to go 14 of 14 from the field, you've got a big problem because he's yes. more of – his entire career, he's been more of a facilitator than he has been a scorer, and he's very skilled at that. Uh, but I think Dallas is less intimidated by DeAndre Ayton than they are Rudy Gobert, um, even though Chris Paul gets the ball to Ayton a lot more than Donovan gets the ball to Rudy Gobert. But I think Dallas will feel like they can contain him a little bit more than Rudy. Um, and, yeah, it will just be about trying to limit and, and defer, make them defer to other guys because Devin Booker and Chris Paul, like – you're never just going to shut those guys down. Same way you're not right. going to shut Giannis down or Jimmy Butler. Like, it, it just doesn't happen. They're that good. And so making the other guys step up will, will be key. And so for Dallas, a team that's every all season, everybody has had to step up because there is no clear number two. They're kind of ready for this. They're, they're, they're very much built for this. And so uh, Phoenix Phoenix's roster is just – from top to even their their moves at the deadline, like picking up Tory Craig and Aaron Holiday, were like such just under the radar moves. But those mm-hmm. are two solid players that can. So Phoenix, it's a oh my god, it's going to be a tall order for them to do. But they can do it. They can do it. I believe in Dallas. They can do it. Uh, okay, well that leads me to the last question, right? If you believe mm-hmm. they can do it, it's prediction time. What mm-hmm. are you saying, Lauren? Are <sighs> you picking the Mavs? to beat the Suns? Are you going with your heart? Are you going with your head? Uh, how do you see this series shaping out? I do think it will go to six or seven. I I, I think Luka is that good. There's no way it's done in five. That To me, that's crazy. But I think it will go to six or seven. Oh, God. <laughs> I got I to gotta pick. If I'm, if I'm being realistic, I got to pick the Suns. I'm going to go in seven. I'm going to give the Mavs because I think Luca, this dude is just in those big moments. Like if you, for anybody that's been watching the, the, these playoff games and him in clutch time, since he's like come back, he is looking for the big shots and he's ready to step up. He doesn't shy away from them. He'll shoot them over Rudy Gobert. He'll shoot them over a double team. He does not care. And so I don't think he's going to have any problem stepping up and hitting those big shots that just, either change a game or just win it at the buzzer. And so 
I'm going to give the Mavs their respect. Uh, but this Suns team, they weren't just the best team in the West. They were so, so dominant this year. So yeah. I can't sit here and be like, Luke is the best player in the series. It's a wrap. Mavs in six. Like, I think that's a little. So I'm, I'm going to give it to the Suns in seven. Suns in seven. This is this is Lauren's pick. I, it's it's hurting her. She's sitting here today it's in the hurting. Mavericks blue. She does not. She did not want to pick that. I am. You know what? I'm rooting for the Mavs. Yes. Um, I'm saying Suns in six. I'm like you. I've seen people say. Suns in five. I think it's just, I think Luca, Luca on his own, I'm with you, is good enough to win two games. I'm yeah. totally with you on that. Um, if the could the Mavs push it to seven, sure. Yeah. If they do, if they do, I think this is good. Let me ask you that before I before I let you go, let me ask mm-hmm. you this too. Is it just the Mavs getting here and regardless of how they play in the series against the Suns, mm-hmm. in your eyes, is this already a very successful season? and foundational building season for this franchise. Yes, because I think they have a clear direction of where they need to go moving forward. They have defined areas where they can improve uh, personnel-wise and just stats-wise, and they've gotten out of the first round. And now you're about to go up against Phoenix. If you were going up against maybe – if the seeding was different and you were going up against pretty much anyone but the number one seed, I think it would be like, okay – you need to put your money where your mouth is and either take this to seven or move on. But Phoenix, nobody's expecting Dallas to get out of this series. I think you'll have a few people be like, I believe in Luca, He can get it done. And like I said, it's possible. I'm just not – I don't foresee it being the most likely outcome. Um, but this is a successful season. If they can take the Suns to at least six, like five would be pretty – that would – suck unless the Suns go on to win the whole thing but um if they can take the Suns to six I think that would be considered a very successful season because with considering all the changes that we've talked about uh in the last half hour here there's just they've had so much I don't want to say stacked against them that's a dramatic way to put it but like they've had so much to have to overcome and just kind of roll with and they've done it all very successfully and so uh giving the Suns kind of a tough a tough round I think would would be a very uh would consider would would consider the season to be to definitely be a success i agree i'm with you i think it's been a successful season um it's been fun talking mavs with you i know we're going to talk again and and who knows next time we're talking again it could be the mavs moving on to the western conference you know what oh god you know what myself out there let's put that energy (laughs) let's put that energy out here i'm all all about the positive energy (laughs) that that is lauren gunn of mavs moneyball also co-host of the gunshot podcast it's always a fun time when she joins me here on the nba exchange lauren thank you so much for joining me and like i said you're gonna be back on soon i'm hoping it's to talk positivity about moving on and not the, not the off season yet but even if it's off season we're, we're going to definitely be talking before oh, the yeah. draft or whatever's going on we'll we'll definitely chat about that good seeing you uh be well and i will see you soon okay sounds good thanks for having me all right thanks that is lauren there we are going to take a quick break uh on the show when i come back i'm going to talk to you about some nba picks there's only one game tonight guys only one game which is disappointing for me as an nba fan but we got one one game tonight, and then we'll look a little bit ahead to the second round, talk with Lauren about Suns uh, and Mavs, a couple other series already set. We'll talk about tonight's game, uh, Grizzlies and Timberwolves game six when we come back on the NBA Exchange. 
Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the NBA Exchange. All you got to do is sign up now and use the promo code NBAEX. Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So, join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the Prize Picks app today. All right, a couple other things really quickly uh, that we will look at today. Because, like I said, not much in terms of games. Only one game tonight. But uh, we got a couple other series that will be going on, right? So the Sixers, they are moving on. Big game for them last night uh, up in Toronto, north of the border. They knocked off the Raptors, got the Raptors out of here. And what was really impressive was the play of James Harden in that one. Harden looked strong, looked like his old self. Now, can he continuously do that? Uh, I just helped produce a video with Coach David Thorpe for True Hoop. And Coach Thorpe is a really good video. True Hoop has tweeted out. Y'all should check it out. Coach Thorpe talked about how the fact that Harden needs to play the way he did last night in order for the Sixers to truly be successful. But Harden hasn't looked that great all year. It's been really up and down for James Harden. Can he consistently do that? Not so sure if he can do that. But moving on, a fantastic series. I think this will be a fun one. Sixers versus Heat. You know we'll be talking to my man Brian Fonseca about that. Hopefully we'll talk to some people on the Sixers side, whether it's my guy Keith Pompey or Deontay Prince with the Philadelphia Inquirer. We will definitely have them on the show for that series to talk about that. So that is really going to be a fun one in the East. All the Eastern matchups are set. So Miami Sixers, I think that's a really good one uh, there. I'm inclined to lean towards Miami because I just trust their defense more and I'm not sure what I'm going to get out of James Harden. So I'm leaning to Miami on that one. The other series, Celtics, Bucks in the East, I think that also is potentially be a fantastic series. I've been very impressed with what we've seen from the Celtics. Thus so far, their defense looks really good. We saw what they did to the Nets. They don't look scared at the moment. They look focused. They look ready. They can switch everything. They're the most fun defense for me to watch in the league. I think they're fantastic. Look, the Bucks still got the heart of a champion. I think the Bucs very well. People might be sleeping on them. I still think they can get this done. What concerns me with the Bucs, though, is the loss of Middleton. How much does that hurt him? And I think that hurts him, particularly against a team like the Celtics. Middleton, Middleton is a good two-way player. He's somebody who can really help the Bucs. And I think if Middleton was playing healthy, I'd be more inclined to possibly lean toward the Bucs. But I, I think the Buck, in a way, stops here. I think it's a tough series for the Celtics, though, to see them winning this in about six. So I like that. Nav Suns, we talked about that um, already. I like the Suns in six there. Although I think the Mavs will give them a tough time and push them. I'm with Lauren on there. If the Mavs win, that would be, uh, I don't say it's the hugest upset ever, but it's pretty big and pretty significant. But I think that'll be an entertaining series. And then what we're waiting on tonight, we will see who the Warriors play. They are waiting the winner of Memphis and Golden State. Now, speaking of that game and how this goes, my NBA picks, we got the Grizzlies. They are in Minnesota tonight at the Target Center. And they'll be taking on the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves right now are one-and-a-half-point favorites. This has been an interesting series. It's been as spicy as we thought it would be. It's been fine. Sometimes when I watch a series, I look at a team and say, 
man, you had your chance. And I think the Timberwolves had their chance in game five. I think they had their chance on the road to take control of this series. Could have came back home with 3-2, but they blew it. John Morant was fantastic down the stretch on Tuesday night against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I think this Timberwolves, excuse me, this Grizzlies team going into Minnesota against the Timberwolves, they're going to be confident. I think they haven't closed it out before, which does leave me a little bit of trepidation about them. They don't know what this feels like. They haven't done it before, either of the Timberwolves. And they know they blew a big opportunity. But I have this feeling about this Grizzlies team that they'll sense the moment that this is right here for them to take. This young core that's been bubbling and rising up. This is their moment for them to take and really make a statement on the road. So while this is a one and a half point spread, practically a pick them here, uh, I say don't touch that spread. I do think this is a close game. I do think this is a tough battle. I like the Grizzlies here. I think they find a way on the road. Um, I'm impressed with, so, with somewhat of what we've seen from the Timberwolves, but I still think they're young. They're a little bit away. Uh, they're going to need a big game out of Carl Anthony Towns, who's actually played well the last two games and played well pretty much down the stretch. It wasn't his fault, but they got to get the ball to him early and often. That's on you, D'Angelo Russell, if they're going to win. This is a tough one, but I like the Grizzlies here. I also think John Morant is starting to get his confidence. Look for some player props with him. Maybe you'll see it over 24, 25 points. I say dang that. If you can get that in terms of the over-under, I like the under here in this game. It's around 230, 232 is what you're seeing, 229 in some of the sports books. But I like the under here. I think it's going to be a tightly contested game. I don't think this will be a high offensive run and gun, but I think it'll be, it'll be tight. It'll be about who executes better, who makes shots, as it generally is in the playoffs. But I just trust the Grizzlies a little more, knowing that this is their moment. This is their chance to win this here, to move on to the second round and go up against the Golden State Warriors. And I think that will be a very interesting and fantastic series. I think this final uh, final eight teams that we're seeing in the NBA and how these series can shape out can all be very interesting and very compelling series, particularly in the Eastern Conference. A lot of these can go either way. So I'm really excited about that. Look, a good week, a busy week of NBA basketball here on the exchange. We had a lot of good stuff. We'll have a good show for you again on Monday. Haven't decided who we're going to get. I'm trying to see if we can work on something. We're getting Brian Fonseca uh, talking about the Heat as well. Maybe somebody from the Sixers, or we might go uh, Bucks Celtics. We'll see how that goes. My man Jose Pavon. Uh, we want to get him back on to obviously talk about some Celtics. Uh, we got Andrew Goodman who's been with us before to talk about the Bucks. We haven't spoken to him in a while. So all these guys from these different series. We'll definitely get some people on to talk about that. So it should be fun. Uh, it's been a good week. It was a good, relaxing birthday week. I'm ready to get back into it next week. We'll be in May already, which means this is this is peak playoff time, guys. This is what I like. Peak playoff time. Absolutely going to be fun. That is it for this edition of the NBA Exchange of Friday 1. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday with another show. Special thanks again to my guest, Lauren Gunn, uh, co-host of the Gunshot Podcast, also contributor to Mavs Moneyball. She's fantastic with the work she does on the Mavericks. Please give her a follow and check her out. Uh, thanks to everybody who helped. My producer, Greg, who helped a lot this week behind the scenes. And again, we will see you guys back on Monday. Until then, be safe. Enjoy the basketball. Peace.